Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Better Love. I'm your host, Dr. Greg, licensed psychologist in California. It's Sunday, August 28th, 2022, and I'm live from Deer Island in Portugal for another two Sundays, today and next Sunday, before I head back to LA. Today, the topic of discussion is how to talk about openness in your communication with your partners, whether you're dating or in a decades-long marriage. Openness in communication is something that we hear often about. I know I do when it comes to people who enter my private practice to do couples therapy. And I want to talk about it especially because I have been hooked on TLC's uh, shows, (laughs) basically. Uh, Most of them. (laughs) And maybe you've heard of these. Maybe you're watching. One of them is, it's my favorite, by the way, Doubling Down with the Derricos. Okay, so that's my favorite TLC family show. I'll tell you a little bit about that if you don't know about it. But there's also another family that's on TLC called Welcome to Platheville. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Both shows have been on for a few years and they both showcase families going through everyday stressors, normal stuff. These families, of course, are unique in the fact that they're relatively large. Uh, Welcome to Playfield, if you've never watched it before, is a relatively large family. Kim and Barry Playth are the parents. They're 10 children in rural South Georgia. And so there's that whole sort of cultural piece there around their family and structure and where they are in the world. And then Dion and Karen Derko are the parents in uh, doubling down with the Derkos. And there, it's just, a, I love watching that show specifically. Uh, I see a lot of good communication between those two parents, those two, a husband and wife, Dion and Karen, as well as with uh, Gigi, uh, Dion's mom and the grandparent, uh, grandmother to, I think maybe 14. Uh, <laughs> are they, are they up to, I think they're up to 14. I'm pretty sure that's how many kids they have. So if, if you haven't seen any of these shows, you may not have a great reference here today, but I'm bringing up open communication because in the Welcome to Platesville series, uh, if you watch it, you'll know that Kim and Barry had been married for 20 plus years, 24 years, something like that, uh, and had all these kids, you know, there's all sorts of sort of drama that unfolds in the show. But the one primarily that I want to talk about is the fact that Kim asks Barry for a divorce. And now this is going to be the topic of my article in Psychology Today in September, which is the rising tide of divorces in, you know, between the year 20, 20, uh, 25 year mark in marriages, right? New thing, new phenomena uh, starting to spike up in a relatively surprising way to me. And so you see it very clearly here between Kim and Barry in Welcome to Platesville. And the one thing that Kim often will talk about with her older children, at least, you know, folks who are like 18, 20, whatever, who she's talking to about wanting a divorce with their father, essentially. One of the main issues that she raises is that Barry is not open. And so I hear this word often spoken, but what does it actually mean? Openness in relationships is essentially understood as the ability to reveal one's feelings, thoughts, needs, and fears. And if you do that, uh, we've got very clear evidence, 50 years of research from the Gottmans that suggests that if you're turning toward each other and revealing your feelings, thoughts, needs, and fears on a regular basis that leads to greater relationship satisfaction overall. And I don't care if you're a man, you're a woman, I don't care how you identify in terms of gender or sexual orientation or anything else. We're talking about human communication skills here, relationship skills, life skills at A Better Love Project. This is one of them. 
the ability to turn toward your partner, right? I don't care if it's a first date, second date, or you've been married for 20 years. Openness is a key element of high quality communication between partners. And it actually allows them to navigate stress more effectively. And so I often hear clients tell me, well, erroneous belief, I, you know, my stance on this, the erroneous belief that if they raise issues with their partner about what's going on in their life, whether that's stress at work or stress in the relationship, that that's going to lead to uh, a dissolution of their relationship or lead to more stress. But in fact, often it's the case that turning toward has a soothing effect. And we know that specifically uh, in the Gottman method, I use something called the stress reducing conversation. You've heard me talk about this a million times if you've been listening to this show over the last year, but the stress reducing conversation is one very concrete way to open up communication, even with somebody, a partner, perhaps like Barry here from uh, Playville, welcome to Playville on TLC. It gives you a real, an avenue, right? To start those conversations, even if they are not organic to the way you were raised, organic to the way you believe uh, you're meant to communicate based on whatever gender roles you may have been raised with, whatever it is. And so uh, I love the stress reducing conversation. Well, maybe we can talk about that a little bit more afterwards. But one thing that is clear to me is this. If you were to compare the communication between the Derricos and the Plates, you're going to see a very a drastically different communication style and openness. Hey, does anybody watch either of these shows. I mean, I'm here with my live audience on TikTok at A Better Love Project, by the way. Good morning, everybody. I know we've got Anne in the house and Melanie. Como está, Melanie? Onde agora? In Portugal? Uh, Melanie is speaking to me in Portuguese or writing in Portuguese right now, so I'm wondering where she is in the world. Uh, and who else is here, by the way, before we jump into any more conversation about openness? Looks like we got Sarah, Jules, Naja and our friend from the UK. What's up, Beck? What are your thoughts about openness and communication? Share them with me in the comments now. Openness is something I've talked about before, but in a different way. I'm going to talk, bring it up again right now. You can have openness in terms of that turning toward, right? Sharing, revealing feelings, thoughts, whatever, right? When you hear a psychologist talk about, you can talk about it in terms of personality trait, right? Both things are actually interdependent and connect to each other that personality trait of being more open, uh, and that communication style. If you've missed that episode, uh, that podcast episode about openness as a personality trait, let me just briefly talk about what that, that means. So people who tend to be, uh, to rate high on openness, maybe you're doing sort of that big five factor, uh, inventory, and you're looking at those, those, you know, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, neuroticism. Openness is a piece of that. Maybe you're one of these kind of people. People who tend to be high in the trade of openness, right, are going to be more willing to embrace new things, fresh ideas, novel experiences. They tend to be more open-minded and approach new things with curiosity. You're open to seeing what's going on in your partner's mind, right? You're curious to know what's in your partner's mind. And you're, you're going to take the risk of sharing what's on your mind, whatever it is, big or small, uh, knowing that you're going to be okay with however, right, your partner may respond to you, knowing they may not respond to you amazingly. We know the masters do respond effectively 80% of the times, but we're not all masters. Most of us aren't. <laughs> so, uh, you know, being in a relationship with someone who rates high on this personality trait of openness might be a good deal for you. The opposite is true. If you are in a relationship with someone who is a little bit more rigid, a little bit closed uh, minded, you might describe it as, then you may have issues, especially 
if your core values don't match with that person. We got Sarah in the house saying that creating a safe space for me and my partner to communicate is a top priority for her and her relationship, which is an amazing priority to have. And back in the UK says openness is a willingness to be vulnerable and share your inner self. That's her meaning of openness to her. Both things are beautiful. I, I, li I like both things. If you want to share this podcast episode with somebody you love, I hope you do. Please do. You can find it at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, later today. And I have a guest co-host, Mariana. She'll be coming back uh, the week of September 19th. Stay tuned for that. We're going to be talking about love languages. Today, we're talking about openness, openness and communication. And how do we foster that? I would hope that from the very beginning, you would be trying your best to be authentically and genuinely interested in the person that you're falling in love with, if you're dating, for instance, right? If you are genuinely interested in that person, then it's likely you're going to be asking a lot of questions, right? A lot of clarifying questions, asking about their day and what they're up to and what they're excited about, what they're fearful about, whatever. And by doing that, you would be creating what the Gottmans call love maps. But more than that, you would be creating a norm, a healthy standard and norm in your relationship about the communication style in which you are willing to accept and which you are looking for and looking to foster and create with a new person. If you're already in a marriage, if you're uh, already in a long-term relationship and that isn't the case, I've met many, many, many couples before. And if I, you watch any of the other shows on TLC, like 90 Days to Wed or 90 Day Fiance, which I also uh, binge often, <laughs> you'll see that this is not something that just organically occurs, right? You could have a safe space. You could schedule a time to talk. You could ask until you're blue in the face for someone to be more open and communicative with you. And that alone is not going to produce a relationship where that kind of communication exists. So I mentioned earlier in the show that the stress reducing conversation is a great technique to open up communication in your relationship right now, if that's an issue for you. And this is what it looks like. You take a, there's a speaker and a listener and then you swap, right? You take turns and the listener asks the speaker the following three questions. What was the most stressful part of your day, sweetheart? What are you grateful for today? And what are you looking forward to tomorrow? So this gives us very clear insight into our partner's love maps, their internal world. And by taking turns, then we just practice a new norm in our relationships that we're sharing our internal world on a daily basis. And that is what is healthy. Sarah says, I'm single right now, actually, but I would love to imagine that when I do have a partner, that he feels free to communicate without judgment or bias from myself. And Jules says, being open to hear and listen your, to your partner and share your thoughts and feeling is key. I agree with that, Jules. Jules, where are you joining us from right now in the world? If your partner, for instance, grew up in a family culture and our broader culture, which we all exist in, where let's say specifically for men, I speak to this because I studied masculinity for my doctoral research, by the way. For men, we're not socialized, right? To, to actually look inside ourselves, and appreciate value our thoughts and feelings specifically enough to share them particularly vulnerable emotions like sadness guilt shame all these things that if you're a man doesn't matter if you're a man or woman or anything else if you're human you're going to probably experience to some extent to be able to be open to that ourselves is the first step if i may posit that so what does that mean it means that if you're dating someone let's talk about dating because uh listen we're going to be talking more and more about dating especially if 
we start partnering with dating apps, which may be a thing soon. Uh, if we're dating, we want to see the ease at which our the person we're on a date with shares their internal world. That will be an indicator as to whether this is a norm for them. And so beyond just saying, hey, I would love to have Sarah or anybody else. And Jules, what's up in Pennsylvania? Thanks for letting me know that. Beyond just saying, hey, I'm going to create space for it. Beyond saying, I want it. Beyond asking for it. Essentially, we have to look for it, right? In terms of match. We have to look for people, as it looks like Sarah is, uh, who this is a norm for them in the first place, right? This is part of their belief about how healthy relationships work. If that is not part of your person's belief system and it is a part of yours, then this is a, this is a huge issue, right? And so where the, what, what is the standard? What is the standard? Where's the standard set in your relationship? Where's the standard set in your own mind about what you deserve and what's possible when it comes to love and romance? I would hope it would include being with a partner, as Sarah says, being with a partner who uh, treasures and adores their and respects their own thoughts and feelings enough that they would want to share that with you and also know about your feelings. Now, it may be the case that core communication skills are not even there, meaning we don't even know how to say things. I mean, we don't even have a vocabulary, an emotional vocabulary to communicate certain things. That may be an issue. That's why I implore everyone to consider, are they reaching their fullest potential right now? You know what I mean? In terms of their capacity to communicate, emotionally connect with a romantic partner. Are you reaching your fullest potential now? If you're not, why not seek out some individual therapy uh, to learn more about yourself, learn about how your internal world works so that you can share that with someone that you care about? Because this is the standard, my friends. This is the standard in which I am advocating here at A Better Love Project that there should be no tolerance for an emotionless, outside of anger, frustration, disappointment, an emotionless or a closed off or a restrictive uh, or a fearful or anxiety producing relationship. Why? Why would we tolerate that when we know these masterful relationships exist? I want to challenge you, my friends, to not tolerate a passionless, non-communicative relationship. So what does that mean if you're already in that relationship? I already said it. Go to couples therapy. <laughs> I've said that a million times. All right. We're coming up on uh, 20 minutes into the show. So we have about 10 minutes left of the show. I would love to get to your thoughts. Uh, what is on your mind? That's what I want to know. For me, my friends, it's that I'm coming back to Los Angeles in about a week. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited to go back to LA. I am dying to get back actually. Hey, if my problem is that I'm, you know, I wanna leave one beautiful place to go to another beautiful place, then that's a good problem to have in my book. But uh, I'm excited to get back to LA. I'm excited to go see my, my friend Nazanin, who's the host of the Sexology Podcast, go grab a coffee with her. I'm excited to go hang out with the rest of my friends out there and new friends, meet new people, start doing my thing out in LA. It's time. I could go on and keep talking about uh, doubling down with the Derricos. Oh my gosh. I watched an episode yesterday. They are just, in my mind, they're just a gorgeous family. There's just a gorgeous family and there's so much that resonates with me personally and professionally about this show. Personally, because I come from a large family, right? I have five older sisters uh, my parents were married for over 50 years, and I, I came from a large family that hung out together every Sunday, and, you know, had lunch together, and, and you know, so it was just a beautiful uh, closeness that uh, my family had when when I was much younger, right? When our family was in its earlier stage of its life cycle, uh, and that's the case for the Derricos. 
Beck says, Beck in UK says, I watched 90 Day Fiance, Catfish, and Love After Lockup. Okay. Love After Lockup, I think I've watched for a minute once. Catfish, I watch obsessively. Uh, and 90 Day Fiance, I also watch a ton of that. Why? Because in our world right now, ladies and gentlemen, there are many examples of shitty love. There are many examples in in the media in terms of like, if you watch any like E! News or anything about famous people in LA or Hollywood or anywhere in the world, right? Breaking up, divorcing, treating each other like shit. By the way, that's representative of a lot of relationships, too many. There are not many examples of healthy love. And if you grew up without examples of healthy love, how are you going to learn how to love more fiercely and more healthy. How you might turn to TLC. You might watch one of these reality TV shows, watch one of these families and look to them to see, oh, how do these people interact with each other? How do these people resolve conflict? How do they love each other? If you're gonna watch any reality TV show, I would watch Doubling Down with the Derricos because I just watched an episode yesterday. I think it was an old one. He and his wife were sitting at the couch being interviewed about something. The way that he was talking about how much he treasured his wife, right? His baby, you know, he calls her his, his baby, uh, which is a beautiful thing to call our each other, our pet names. But uh, how much he treasured her, right? How much she means to him and how much he wants to know her, right? Really know her. And she, him. And they do a really great job, in my view, around that. Now, there's issues, obviously. If there weren't issues... It wouldn't be on TLC. <laughs> if there wasn't conflict or whatever, it wouldn't be on TLC. But uh, it's a great, it's a great uh, show to watch, and I recommend it. So Sarah says, self-healing and learning how to love yourself is on your mind. Is that what you're saying? How are you loving on yourself right now, Sarah? How, are, how do you love yourself these days? How are you taking care of yourself? This is top priority, my friends, if you want to have a fully functioning life. Like if you want to reach your fullest potential. You got to take care of yourself and you got to love yourself enough, right? You got to love yourself enough to value yourself enough to take care of yourself, right? And not just be a workhorse, right? Not just be grinding day in and day out, but actually be being, you know, taking care of yourself. And if you're in a relationship, actually investing in your relationship, because the more time and the more effort you invest in your romance, the more benefit you're going to receive the more soothing, the more support, the more affection, the more uh, beautiful sex, the more all the things. As opposed to most people thinking about like, what is their partner not doing for them or what is their, how their partner fucking up or whatever it is. If you invest in yourself first, right? Taking care of yourself first and then share that peacefulness and whatever else that comes from you taking care of yourself. That is the goal, my friends. Hashtag relationship goals. Oh, I understand, Sarah. So you're saying, hey, listen, if you if you didn't experience that kind of love, a safe, secure uh, love, consistent love in your childhood, how do you do that? And yeah, absolutely, you can, right? By investing in yourself, focusing on yourself, doing some therapy, you know, making great friends, and hopefully meeting a romantic partner who is uh, imperfect like you are, like we all are, but who is healthy enough and mature enough to have been investing in their mental health as well as their physical health uh, so that they can live a long, healthy life and uh, you know, reach their dreams, your dreams, etc. 
If you want to support this charity, please visit us at abetterloveproject.org and become a sponsor of the show today for $100 a month or $1,000 for the year. You could sponsor this live advice show so that we can reach thousands of people all over the world with great science-based relationship advice. We appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts, from everybody on the team here at A Better Love Project. Maria says, you are the best, Dr. Greg. Thanks, Maria. I appreciate you. And I appreciate the fact that you've shown up for mindful breathing at A Better Love Project on TikTok for probably the last four months. If you have not seen me live at A Better Love Project for mindful breathing exercises, you're missing out. It's a beautiful ritual of self-care and self-love to spend 10 minutes in the morning grounding yourself, reflecting on your mental state, your mood state, your body, your breathing. It gets you set up for a great day and it will set you up to be able to love more fiercely, right? Because if we, <laughs> to be open in communication is to first know what's going on in our, our own minds. And if you have access to that on the daily for 10 minutes, it's a great place to start. We're coming up on our one year anniversary, September 1st. I started posting daily on TikTok and Instagram, creating content, free relationship advice a year ago. We're coming up on that year mark. I'm excited to welcome Radhika and Jess who are our new content creators at A Better Love Project. They're gonna be starting to create content probably second week of September. And so look out for their content and their wisdom and their creativity. I'm Dr. Greg, from my heart to yours, love each other fiercely and peace.